Welcome, folks. Our journey into biblical doctrine continues today with a highly contested set of beliefs. Now, I say highly contested because from this doctrine arises a problem. And the problem is this. As God's sovereign and good plan spreads across all of his creation, a darkness casts a disruptive shadow, a shadow causing many skeptics to challenge the Christian worldview. Christians know this problem all too well as the doctrine of evil. The Apostle John emphasized this point as he drafted Revelation. John writes this, And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. The dragon and his angels waged war, and they were not strong enough, and there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Revelation 12, verses 7 through 9. I'm Pastor Will Hunsaker, and you are listening to Brand of Man, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ, not through the agencies of man, but by the grace of God. Let us pray. Almighty God and merciful Father, we pray and give thanks for your saving grace. We humbly ask, Lord of all things, for your continuing protection against the temptations of this world and the work of evil. Please give us a strength and discernment against those who resist your ways and the clarity of thought to confront the darkness that haunts this side of your glory. So the first thing we need to examine is how the Bible describes or implies what is evil. So to keep our understanding of the doctrine of evil in simple terms, we can safely state the Bible addresses evil in two ways, specific or moral evil, which is directly related to our behavior, and general or natural evil, which is related to suffering, but not as a direct result of our behavior. It's indirect. Now, let's take a look at the general or natural evil first. Now, this form of evil is something that wreaks havoc on humanity, causing pain and suffering, but without any direct act of specific evil. This is often characterized in Hebrew with the use of the word raw or some form of it, indicating something that is physically harmful. Natural evil is a product of mankind's fall from God's grace, as chronicled in Genesis. In other words, God's creation is no longer as he originally created it to be, which was very good, as Moses stated in Genesis on the sixth day of creation. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day, Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. However, As a result of mankind's fall from God's grace, creation itself suffered. This is why there are natural disasters such as earthquakes and floods, hurricanes, drought, disease, etc. And to top it all off, our sinful nature has continually made matters worse. The Apostle Paul writes, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Romans 8, verses 20 and 21. So, all of creation, 
Not only mankind are subject to humanity's fall from God's grace. However, not all of what we call natural disasters should be considered a product of natural evil, because many are a product of God's sovereign will. Not all suffering is considered evil by God, only by man. This is a significant distinction which needs to be known. So, biblical truth. This knowledge does not lessen the effects of suffering, but it is a biblical truth. For example, uh, the, the, the sudden desert monsoon that causes a flood, flash flood, and kills hundreds of people in a trailer park. That may be the same monsoon that saves acres and acres of drought-ridden crops, saving thousands from starvation. So, the, the philosophical question is, how do we know what is general evil? Well, the answer is simply, we don't know. However, one thing the Bible teaches us with absolute certainty is that God is good. God is sovereign, all-powerful, all-controlling, and His will be done. The Apostle Paul writes, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Now, always remember, God is not obligated to give an account to us for anything. It's where we make a grand mistake. Now, let's take a look at a specific or moral evil. And as I stated earlier, moral evil is directed to the behavior of mankind. More specifically, the behavior of mankind in opposition to the will of God. This is a distinctive point in the Christian worldview. Moral evil is behavior in opposition to the will of God. This, of course, is where the Bible develops the doctrine of sin, which we will cover more extensively in, a, in another episode. But for now, understand that moral evil is not a tangible, physical thing that's floating around in the universe. Moral evil is strictly behavior in opposition to the will of God. This is why the Ten Commandments are referred to as the moral law, because what is moral is only moral because God has declared it to be so, not man. In other words, mankind does not get to determine what is moral evil, only God. Okay, from the book of Mark, and Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Mark chapter 10, verse 18. Now, we come to a common challenge of the Christian worldview, and the challenge is this. Why would a God, who is absolutely good, allow evil to exist in his creation? After all, this question does present a problem, a problem that does not have a definitive answer. There are many theories out there that have been put forth, but all are inadequate in solving the problem. Why would a good God allow evil to exist? I believe the simplest answer is usually the correct one, which involves renewing our minds, as the Apostle Paul would say, as to who God is. This is the, one of the core principles of our worldview, because everything is built upon that. Who does the Bible describe God to be? In other words, God describes himself in the Bible a particular way. So the prophet Isaiah writes this of God, Remember the former things long past, for I am God and there is no other. I am God, and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things which have not been done. 
saying, my purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 and 10. So, from that verse alone, we see that God is sovereign and almighty. So, he must be the ultimate cause of all evil. That's a biblical truth. God is ultimately the cause of all evil, but not the immediate cause. He must be the ultimate cause because he's sovereign and he's almighty, but not the immediate cause. So with this thinking in mind, in regards to moral evil, the best solution I've heard, although even it, it is incomplete, the best solution I've heard in addressing the problem with evil came from the theologian R.C. Sproul. He said, there is only one thing God cannot do. There are many things he will not do due to his nature. But there's only one thing he cannot do. God cannot create another God. Because by its very definition, the other God would be a created thing and not God. So in this context, with this understanding, creation was only created very good, but not perfect. Only God is perfect. Creation was created very good, but not perfect. As a result, evil was and still is always a possibility for the creature. Now, that's an incomplete solution to the problem, but it's the best one I've ever heard and perfectly in line with Scripture. Evil is a possibility. Now, evil has a certain effect on mankind because of our direct relationship to it, namely its effect in relation to time. Now, we know that the Bible characterizes God as infinite and without any restrictions in time. Mankind, however, is constrained by the limits of time. This is why the Bible consistently reminds us to view the effects of evil in our lives against eternity rather than in light of temporary suffering. This is the tendency of man, though, to view it temporarily, right what's in front of us rather than in contrast or in relationship, rather to eternity. The Apostle Paul writes this, For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be received and revealed to us. Romans 8 verse 18. And the Apostle Peter writes, In this you greatly rejoice, even though not now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. So folks, evil exists. It exists indeed. It exists in a general and physical sense through suffering brought about e either directly or indirectly by man. It also exists spiritually through the immoral behavior mankind displays in opposition to God's will. Evil also presents challenges to the Christian worldview and to the biblical revelation of God's nature. Finally, the sufferings of evil often darken the Christian mind, not allowing us to contrast our present suffering against the backdrop of eternity. The ultimate hope and solution to the problem with evil 
which is directly referred to in the doctrine of evil, regardless of whether it's general evil or specific evil. The ultimate hope is the Holy Son of God, the Christ Jesus. This ties directly into the Christian understanding of evil, the doctrine of evil, what we believe evil to be, because the solution is God. Christ never denies we will, we will not have direct involvement with evil, but encourages us to be courageous as we have eternal peace in him. From the Gospel of John, these things I have spoken to you, John writes, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. John 16, verse 33, from the words of Christ. All of creation, all of creation will be restored. And all who are chosen in Christ will become like him as evil will exist no longer at some point. The Apostle John writes this in Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the whole city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be among them, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. So the doctrine of evil is real. Evil is indeed real. But the solution is not man. It is God. Thank you for listening. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Brandon Man, please subscribe as you will be given continual biblical truths each and every week. God bless you all. Next week on Brandon Man, we will discuss the biblical doctrine of mankind. <laughs>